What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 20 of the Disc Golf Podcast. We are almost of legal drinking age, but not quite. We're still like, we're not teens anymore, but we're like... So last week I talked about 19 being like 19, 20 being the shittiest. 20 is by far like the shittiest age you could be. The voice you're hearing right there is my co-host, Joe Hardiman. I am Robin. We are the Disc Golf Podcast. We're here to talk to you about disc golf and everything in between and any digression we could possibly think of. Hi, I'm Joe. Sorry. So, but Joe, also, Joe, what do you have to say? Twenty is the worst age you can be. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I can do the same thing I could do last year. Yeah. You can vote and buy and cigarettes. I can't, and... I can't drink booze. Oh, oh, my friend just turned twenty-one. Yeah. Oh, he wants to go out to the bar. Oh, yeah. I'm not twenty-one. Yeah. So plus, you'd be cool like me. And uh, wait till you're 21 to try and go buy uh, beer or whatever at your liquor local liquor liquor store. Ooh, watch out for that. That is supremely overrated. Uh, and then the uh, not get carded and uh, realize that you've been wasting the last six months of your life. That is true. When Joe finally turned 21 and decided to go to the store to buy alcohol, they didn't card him. Right. So I've had like obviously you guys don't know me. I've had uh, sideburns in seventh grade. Straight up beard since eighth grade. I probably could have uh, attempted yeah. long before, but you know, goody two shoes a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. And I may or may or may or may not have uh, rolled hard on Photoshop and been buying beer since I was sixteen. Right, and I rolled with you. Well, it worked. It, actually, it worked for me to roll with you, like when we were eighteen, nineteen, because it helped you look like you're of age because you're with me. But I was never the one to pull the idea. No, no, definitely not. But disc golf and beer. Uh, we, I mean, beer. we're hitting all the, that's, all the facets That's what our, our podcast, podcast is all about. So we, we are uh, here to talk about disc golf and enjoying the rounds that all of us do and also a little bit of craft beer here and there. So we do a, a disc review and a beer review on every episode, our deer review. It's world famous. So we've got a great episode coming up for you. We have the Maple Hill Tournament to talk about, which was in, another incredible finish for a disc golf tournament. We had another playoff finish, and um, you know some some great kind of drama in between that that I'm I'm really eager to talk about because there was some crazy stuff that happened in the final round of that tournament. Oh, okay. I was gonna say there's drama like for me personally throughout the first couple rounds. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get into. Uh, let's just say our picks weren't amazing. Yeah. The, basically, we chose we picked players to win this tournament, and had we like randomly thrown bottle caps at a piece of paper that had all the names that we would have done better. I'm just going to say on the podcast, rewind it back. Listen to the last podcast. I, you know, did throw out an MJ. That's all I said. Yeah. But like, that's as close as we got to picking someone uh, in the top three. Our picks were a bloodbath. It was, it was not good. It was not good at all. But it's not our fault. But we also have uh, a disc giveaway winner to uh, to announce from last week. We had we we threw out a question on la- last week's podcast, and the winner would get a disc, and we got a winner really fast. Man, they jumped on it quick. So, so it pays to listen. Right pays off the to bat. listen and and get in there right off the bat. So we'll announce that in a little bit. Uh, we're gonna do the second part of our in the bag series. I did my in the bag last week, uh, Joe is going to do his in the bag this week. Hope you like high-speed drivers. Yeah, Joe has more Well, high- we'll get into that. Don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, Joe has a lot of high-speed drivers in his bag. And then we have our deer review. We've got a great disc and beer to review. We have the Timberwolf by Daredevil Discs, 
which is a driver, a distance driver. And uh, we also have a very special release beer. We have Wolf Mother Triple IPA by Golden Road, which is a limited special release triple IPA. Uh, and based on the percentage of alcohol, if we make it through this podcast without one of us passing out, it's going to be a major right. If you hear major accomplishment, if you've already heard possibly a little slur from me, it's it's Wolf Mother's fault. Um, and it's, and we won't go into the review yet, but I do just want to pause for one second and say, Golden Road is amazing. We said last week. I want to say it. I just want to reiterate. They sent us so much of this amazing beer that I, it it blew my mind. I didn't know that anyone could be that generous. Yeah, it it was pretty amazing. We we uh, reached out to them to get some of this Wolf Mother because we had a great idea to pair it with the Timberwolf because um, it it made sense. Right. So, and they were very accommodating. And then normally a beer company will send us like a you know a few beers, right? Like a six like, pack of twelve ounce like bottles that. or like two twenty twos or something. Yeah, and, they, uh, and maybe some other stuff too. They sent us fifteen, almost twenty ounce cans. Yeah, fifteen nineteen point two ounce cans that are eleven point two percent alcohol. We'll get into the beer later though, but I, they're awesome. Yeah. So. Big props to Golden Road. Make sure and check out their beers. They've got a lot of great ones. Uh, not just this Wolf Mother, but they've, Wolf got, in the weeds. they've got Wolf in the Weeds, so which good. is a great IPA. Uh, that they it comes in like there. four packs, uh, 16 ounce cans. Yeah. That's like amazing. They're straight out of Southern California. Very crisp, smooth beers that they, they carry down there. Good good kind of summer beers. They're really terrific. And uh, they're killing it. they got a lot of good stuff yep. out there. So that's our episode up to come. Uh we're going to start talking about the Maple Hill tournament that went through here, which was another live broadcast. I watched it. Um, uh, I didn't watch on Saturday that much, but I did watch a lot on Sunday, which was great. Early in the week, they had some issues with their signal. and, and But it's, it's been that way. So they've done live before, and there are just some holes where there's no cell coverage. So they're doing... If you don't know, they're doing all this broadcast via cell coverage. Like, it's their, like, mobile hotspots and whatnot, mm-hmm. making it possible for them to broadcast. And as we all know, like, when you get out into crazy deep fields, mm-hmm. cell coverage just isn't going to be there. Yep. So, for what they had to work with, they did amazing. No, they did a great job. Really, really awesome. And, and Joe and I have reiterated this on basically every podcast where we've talked about live coverage, which is that when you're getting free live coverage of disc golf, criticizing these guys for all the hard work they're doing, I, I think you're way off base. If that's, yep. if that's where you're coming from and you're expecting to have, you know, a perfect HD broadcast. Like ESPN, PGA, coming, coverage standards. Coming like, across your, your computer for free. I, I, I just, these guys at Smashbox are working their, their tails off to give you this live coverage. And I think they killed it. it. There were definitely streaming issues early on, but by the time Sunday happened with the final round, it was perfect. It was totally fine. I got the, you know, there was a couple times where there was buffering issues where I wasn't getting as good a quality, but it never cut out on me. And I, I got live coverage. I watched the entire final round live and got to watch an incredible tournament that went down to the wire and went to a playoff. So, uh, well, and as we all know, Paul McBeth won. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I totally nailed my picks. Yeah. Uh, Paul McBeth did not win. Went what? Yeah. Sorry. So Joe's well, then he probably got second, so I was real close, right? Yeah, no, not really. And Waisaki got first. No, no, that didn't happen either. Uh, 
So, spoiler alert, we are going to talk about this tournament and the and the results. You'll notice that Joe seems to be way off base. That's because he's already had at least one wolf mother and has lost all concept of reality. But this tournament was not won by the big names. In fact, the, the big names fell back further in this tournament. True, true. but the, the names that won still aren't unknowns. Like, we no. know who they were, yeah. uh, have crazy respect for them, and... Um, I, I know he didn't win, but I'm so pumped for MJ. MJ is like one of my favorite yeah. ever to watch. So this tournament came down on the final hole with three players tied for first place, and that was Kale LaVisca, Michael Johansson, and Bradley Williams. And uh, Kale had been leading for quite some time, and actually at some point in that final ran, round was bit by a tick. Um, and it, it was right around his knee and he showed, put some pictures out of it and looked actually pretty rowdy. Mm. Um, like he had a pretty good, uh, chunk pretty, taken out. Yeah. Well, I don't know about chunk, but he had, he had a pretty good spot, bruise, red spot where that happened. And I think that probably threw off his round and on the final holes, he off the tee did not put himself in good position to win. He was, he was leading and his tee shots just didn't. He was fighting to make back, and he did a pretty, actually darn good job of, of making it back in place. But Bradley Williams and Michael Johansson were right on his tail, and on the final hole, uh, they managed... Of regulation. Of, of regulation, they managed to birdie uh, while, while Kale uh, put in a par, and uh, they went to a playoff, Bradley Williams and Michael Johansson. And the playoff at Maple Hill is was uh, holes one and two. One is that signature hole that goes over the pond and kind of lands what looks like a Christmas tree farm. Yeah. Oh, that just <laughs> bomb hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, and then it has this kind of uh, island-style OB around the basket that's right. tucked in the right. forest. Around the circle. Where there's the kind of stone walls that go in there and everything. And they actually played one and two through this playoff, uh, you know, toe-to-toe. Both of them birdied hole one on the first part. And uh, and I believe they birdied hole two as well. And then they went to hole one a second time, and this is where the winner came through. Uh, and again, decent drives for both of them. There was controversy, though, on this. I watched it happen, oh. and I didn't notice a couple of things. I didn't watch. I'm going to be totally honest. I didn't watch, so I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it firsthand just like you are. Super crazy, in, in my opinion. One... Uh, Michael Johansson's drive off the tee on the second round, uh, second time around, hole one in the playoff, uh, was better than than Bradley Williams. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, Michael Johansson was was the closer player, but he played his shot first. Ooh, went out of order. He did, um, and it wasn't really noticed. I think maybe it was just a flow of play. He got there, he felt good about it, and he did it. And he ended up throwing OB on his second shot. Um, which gave Bradley Williams the ability to just lay up to the middle rather than trying to make the the tee because because right. Michael Johansson was in much better position than he was. Bradley was was off to the side. He had to he would have had to do a forehand shot that hooked into the forest and somehow didn't make it in OB. Um, were were Michael Johansson to have made his shot perfectly. But he threw OB, giving Bradley the ability to just lay out straight at the opening and play in for par, which was, you know, a, a big the decider. Mistake. A yeah. big, it was the decider. And, and I know, too, like, I, uh, not even, I guess, 
to be polite, I always stay in order. Mm-hmm. But it also, like, a piece of it, too, is, like, it strategy. becomes, well, it does. strategy also becomes a little, I'll be honest, a little superstition. Like, this is the way it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Like, if I go out of order, that's, I'm, you know, breaking it up where I shouldn't. Absolutely. Like, when someone tees, like, if it's my tee or, you know, I'm second to throw whatever and someone just steps up and throws, I'm kind of like, what's wrong with you? Like, that's not cool. <laughs> like, it's not your tee. Or, Absolutely. Like, yeah. granted, granted, and I'll be totally honest, like, casual rounds, if you're playing ready golf, which is like, uh, you're trying to move through the course quick. If you have a clean line near your disc first, just, just clean it up. Yep. But, like, tournament play, when there's a lot at stake, I definitely would err on the side of being polite Absolutely. and staying with especially the, in the a playoff. proper function, right? Especially in a playoff where someone has to make a tight shot and you can force them from a you know pure strategy to do it. And so it ended up that Bradley Williams, uh, you know, made his par and um, and Michael Johansson took the bogey and Bradley Williams won. Brad Bradley Williams, the pride of Texas, great overall. Overall uh, player, he's got a great forehand, a great backhand, very solid player. Uh, ended up winning the Maple Hill Open, which his is great. His first NT. His first NT win, which is amazing. And uh, Kale, who who didn't quite make it to the playoff, is a former Maple Hill winner. The other crazy thing that happened on Michael Johansson's shot, his faithful shot that he took out of order that had him going OB, literally hit a chipmunk. What? It hit a chipmunk. Sorry, no, it was really loud. Sorry, guys. I, I, I'm literally. It hit a chipmunk, and that's what carried it. Ob. Damn. No joke. There's there's a video of this. It skims on the ground at the base of a stone wall where it should normally hit that stone wall and stop, but it landed on a chipmunk, which freaked out and jumped and flipped that disc. So how much did Bradley Williams pay that uh, chipmunk? You know, I don't know who he's paying to get the, all those animal creatures on his side, but. He, Listen, if if I'm looking at a picture of Bradley Williams and I look at a picture of MJ, I would feel like MJ would be the one to talk to animals. <laughs> right? I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> look at a picture. Sure, don't act like it's over the top. I feel like maybe uh, MJ had a deal with the chipmunk and he thought he was going to flip him in the basket. And it was just like a bad I mean, flip. I know exactly what both of them look like, but I don't know how that pertains to them you know, being able to talk to animals. Because I, I just... Listen, I'm not the only one that has that thought. You're being a dick right now. So, speaking of, of being dicks, Joe and I were... Com- <laughs> what a segue, sorry. We're, we're complete dicks on our uh, picks for last week. Yeah. So, I picked Ricky Wysocki to win. I picked Paul McBeth to play second. And I picked Jeremy Colling to place third. The closest I got right. with any of those was Wysocki placing fourth. Right. And, and that was I after... picked Bradley Williams to come in first. You did not. I picked Michael Johansson to come in second. You did not do that And either. then I went way off bat, and I picked Nate Sexton to be third, which was just that, ridiculous. You did, you did none of those things. All right. So I picked Paul McBeth to be first, <laughs> Wysocki in second, and then I went out on a limb, which uh, broke and plummeted to the ground like hundreds of feet below La Castro in third. Yeah. I uh, I did horribly. Lou Castro finished in a tie for 20th. Uh, Paul McBeth and Jeremy Colling finished in a tie for 12th. Listen, after day one, I was pumped. I was on top of it. Yeah. McBeth well, was, was in the lead, tie for the lead, down eight. Mm-hmm. And he ended up throwing plus one yeah. in the second round, which is the first time he's thrown over par in 
my entire disc golf career that I can think about. That's probably not true. It's three years. That's probably very true. <laughs> That's probably very true. In the last three, maybe four years, I don't think he's thrown over par in a a video that we've watched of him. You over know, par. Like, yeah. That's unheard of for, I mean, any of these, like, top 20 pros, that's unheard of. It's true. He, he, I, I'm sure there was a round somewhere where he did. Well, here's, here's the thing. So, if you watch the first round of him. So, I watched the first round and the second round. I didn't watch the finals like you did. First round, every he got every skip great. You know, he would get a tree kick and it would put him right where he needed to be. Or a skip, it would put him right where he needed to be. Or he would hit the wall and not go OB. And in the second round, every like uh, champ roll or whatever that you think he would get, he got the opposite. Mm-hmm. Tons of OB, awful like skips, rollaways. Pretty much it was like uh, worst case possible happened on every hole for him. Must have been. Uh, and, and Maple Hill can do that to you. There's, there's a lot of holes on that course where there's water right behind the basket mm-hmm. or right in front of it um a lot of ob to to deal with and tight right, lines. And there's a lot of marked ob too that's yeah. that's not like uh that they set up just like robin you were talking about hole one like around the circle there's a ton of ob mm-hmm. just to punish those who you know get and, too aggressive and hole or, 18 is the same way it's got kind of a little pocket uh surrounded by stone walls that's all you know ob on the outside mm-hmm. of it and there's there's a lot of that at Maple Hill. They they're forcing you to specific lines and and trying to get you to to play you know perfect golf. And Paul McBeth actually on on eighteen canned from for an eagle from he did from a hundred plus feet. And uh, it was I mean it was that Kale actually in the final round nearly did the same thing to join the playoff with Michael Johansson and Bradley Williams. I mean it it I feel like it it kind of just barely caught chains. And, and landed to the side, but a beautiful like hundred and twenty foot, you know, slight Anheuser backhand shot that that really almost went in the basket, but then also landed within eight feet of it. Right. You know, it was just a beautiful shot, and uh, Paul Macbeth made one from there as well. So it, the video coverage was awesome. It's up there on Smashbox. Has it up there uh, on their on their um, YouTube channel if you want to watch any of that. It's a beautiful course. Great video coverage, great commentary by the disc golf guy, and uh, really was was enjoyable to watch. I, I loved watching the live coverage, and exciting tournament, a lot of fun to watch live. Just can't say, can't right. say anything no. more about it, I mean, it's aside the, from the back, fact that my picks and your picks were terrible. Right, we, it was we, we pooped the bed. Yeah, but a little bit. Maple Hill, such an amazing course. Yeah. Like, I can I watch disc golf there just like Milo, just like De La, all day, every day. Mm-hmm. I love to watch disc golf on courses like that. The other part of this tournament that we haven't covered yet was that there were five aces. There's also another part of it. Five aces in, the I believe, the first, first day or first two days. I can't remember. But there were five of them, and two of them made it to SportsCenter Top 10. Which puts us at... Well, they were they were lumped together, so it was just one more. All right, so, so it puts us at what five? Right. So what? I need one more. One more to to hit the the over under for the rest of the year. Well, oh, that's gonna happen. Yeah, that's gonna happen. So Joe and I made a bet early on in the season, of which I am 
losing horribly at this point. That there, and we honestly thought I was the one going like over the deep end. Probably. So we set an over under of six as how many Sports Center top tens there would be for disc golf. So far this year, there have been five. So I took the under. Joe took the over. And I am not looking good. So I guess technically I need two more to you get need the two over. More. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's going to happen so, real quick. And the penalty for this is that the loser is going to have to drink a 16-ounce malt nasty beverage of the winner's choice. Yeah. So this is going to be terrible. That's going to be fantastic. Joe's going to pick something from a liquor store that yep. probably has... That's probably been sitting on a shelf way too long. And it's like yeah. they moved it to the front counter and they're like, hey, 75 cents... We couldn't sell it. Nobody yeah. wanted it. It's going to be like a 16-ounce, you know, sex on the beach can that's like 10% Oh, alcohol. you wish. It's going to be like 10% like Bloody Mary in a can. Oh, God. Yeah. It's terrible. Right? It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be awful. So I'm in bad shape on that. But five aces, and they were well-filmed. We had Matt Dollar hit one. Nico LaCastro hit one. Uh, I can't remember the others, to be honest. Those are the main ones that I saw good film of. Right. Um, and Nico went absolutely Insane. bananas. <laughs> he went so nuts after hitting his ace. And in true Nico fashion, there's another video of Nico Castro hitting an ace, you know, a few years back, like five years back where he just goes nuts. But uh, the greatest part was that it got caught twice. So he, it was caught on video when Nico hit the ace and on another card that was being filmed while it happened. You could clearly audibly hear his celebration while oh, yeah. Ricky Wysocki oh, was yeah. standing on the tee waiting to tee off. And you can hear Nico just going absolutely nuts. That's Nico. It was... It, so there... You gotta watch it. There was one other... Um, I'm making air quotes right now. Upset at Vibram at the Maple Hill. There was. There was. And we didn't talk about it. And, and uh, we've been talking about it for... for I mean, the last two months, the dominance of Katrina Allen. Yeah. Katrina Allen has not only won pretty much every tournament this year, but it's been handily. I think um, maybe Memorial or Masters, there was one that it came down to like the last hole. But everything else, she's won by multiple strokes. Yeah, and and I think... Eight tournaments in a row up to yeah, this one. I think maybe, it's maybe not nine. Real close, and and let's we're gonna we're discounting uh, disc golf world tour. Yes, we're saying yeah. just straight FPO. Yeah, that she's dominated, and I'm really stoked for Paige Pierce to come because mm-hmm. a year ago, two years ago, it was the exact flip. Yeah, it was Paige Pierce destroying all competition, mm-hmm. getting five or six strokes on everyone. And, yeah. and and Cat really has been crushing this year, but it, it flopped and and Paige took the win. Yeah, and which again was it came super down, cool to see. Came down to the final hole. Yep. Paige had a one stroke advantage, so she she had the advantage there. And uh, Katrina ended up with what looked like maybe a ninety or a hundred foot shot to to tie uh, to force a playoff and and couldn't quite make it. So. Uh, Paige Pierce winning the the women's open division. Right. Well, and, and that's and, and upsetting that's a part of it. And that's a huge not, streak. And that's not. Um, it's not a knock at all on Katrina Allen. Not at all. Her game this year has been solid putting inside the circle, mm-hmm. and beautiful upshots and drives. Yep. Yeah. So you know when it comes to needing to get a hundred foot, hundred fifty foot to tie, 
I don't think there was anybody really expecting her to knock that down. Yeah. That that nice. really hasn't been her game, which is like I said, it's not a knock. Like that's more. It's um, a huge a, shot. A plus to yeah. how money every other part of her game has been thus far. And a, a really tough course that punishes you for even the slightest mistake. So it's not yeah. not. Talk to Ricky Rosehi. Yeah, and Paul Macbeth. <laughs> Ricky came back valiantly, shooting ten under and then eight under. In his final two he rounds. He just had a rough after, first after round. After only two under in that a first round. A rough first round. Yeah. So much OB. The OB just punishes. It's... Yep. You know, and it could be, you know, as simple as a chipmunk skip. Yeah. The chipmunk... They're calling it chipmunk gate. I mean... I, don't, I think I don't know if I throw the gate on because there's no, like... There's anyways. no intentional right, wrongdoing. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, maybe the chipmunk was paid by Bradley Williams, and this is actually a... <laughs> Brad, Bradley Williams is a professional disc golfer that hasn't won a lot of NTs. He he hasn't got money to pay chipmunks. <laughs> well, peanuts or like, you know, I don't know. What do chipmunks eat? Acorns? Your guess is as good as mine. A bag of acorns. Come on, anybody can go get a bag of acorns. Prove it. You have I can't. 20 minutes. <laughs> I absolutely cannot prove it at all. So that was the, the Maple Hill Open. Congratulations to Brad, Bradley Williams, who's a terrific all-around player and won his first national tour event, and a very prominent one at that. Totally. So, yes. Def, uh, de- one good of for the, him. You know, yeah. Michael Johansson's a, an awesome player that's been around for a while. Uh, you know, you always see him popping up in the top ten if, in tournaments. If, if you want to study clean, effortless form, Mm-hmm. Watch MJ. Absolutely. Watch MJ. Absolutely. He, it's it's not a super violent anything. He just puts the disc where it needs to go. He's not an absolute bomber. No. But he is finesse and just legit always. Yeah. So, Maple Hill tournament was great. Be sure to get on YouTube and, and check out on Smashbox TV that's already up there in, in many cases. It was live. They put up their, their recap videos as well. So, make sure and watch that. Really terrific coverage. Some great play. Uh, exciting finish, uh, obviously. Upcoming, our next tournament that we have coming up this weekend that will be um, here on this 4th of July weekend for America. Uh, we have the, the most prominent tournament in our eyes is the Delaware Disc Golf Challenge, uh, sponsored by Dynamic Discs. Right. Uh, Ricky Westhoff is going to win. All right, what's the next part of our <laughs> podcast? So, the, Ricky Wysocki will be there, Nicolo Castro, Steve Brinster, Bradley Williams, fresh off his Inti win, it will be there. So maybe he can carry that through. Paul Uliberry, Drew Gibson will be there, uh, Jared Roan. Uh, there's, there's quite a few. Totally. Uh, Quite a few good players that will be at this tournament uh, out in do, do we want to do a top three? Or just, do we just want to agree on like the winner right no, now? No, we're going to ask our listeners to tell us who is going to win it, right? Is that what we decided? No, that's not what you said. No. Shoot. Well, I screwed up. That's all right. But you and I, we can figure it out right now. So, let's just do a top one because I think we're in agreement, right? I think I think it's pretty clear that Ricky Wysocki will most likely. R- Ricky's win the new Macbeth, which is not a slight to Ricky. Ricky's the new Ricky. It's really what it is. Ricky's the new Ricky. Ricky is crushing, and I don't see Ricky losing two in a row. And he in the fashion he did before, like he's gonna come back hard. Yeah, and he nearly roared back to to get in place in in Maple Hill too. So I I think it's pretty clear that he will probably win. So I'm in agreement. But who knows? Tell us otherwise if you hear this in time. 
This tournament, as I just now realized, will have started by the time you exactly. hear this podcast. So, my bad. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> All right, guys. I think it's uh, it's time for the second piece of the in the bag. So uh, it's my turn. And uh, my bag is very different than Robin's. Last week we did my bag, went through the whole thing. If right. you want to hear about it, listen to episode nineteen. I uh, went through the whole bag, but right. now and and I'll start. I'll start. Uh, I'll actually start with my bag. So Rob and I actually bought our bags about the same time, uh, and I actually went with uh, Dynamitus Ranger bag. And my selling point kind of was like the uh, the side pocket for my putters, and the big like space up top. Like I fit tons of stuff. In my bag. Like, I can throw uh, a full big jacket or a fleece in a jacket, plus, you know, some extra beverages if need be, plus some discs. Like, it's a huge compartment I can fit tons in. Um, it doesn't come with a rainfly, but I bought, like, a really cheap uh, one from, like, REI that is just, like, for backpacking. And overall, like, I, I, I love the bag. Um I can fit all the discs that I need, and I carry way too many discs purely because I can fit them in. But it's a good bag. So I'm going to get into it. so many discs. So I'm going to go opposite of every in the bag you ever watch. And I'm going to start with high-speed drivers because <laughs> uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast, it's kind of a jam. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if we have a power, power outage and uh, this gets cut short, it will be because Joe takes too much time. No, I'll, I'll roll through. I'll, listen, I uh, I love wide rim discs. It just it feels right in my hand. And if I have open space, I'm going to throw hyzers all day. That's my most comfortable throw. Um, I can pretty much dial in based on like the driver, the distance on a big spike hyzer. So depending on how far, far I have to go, I will uh, increase stability and whatnot. Um, I'll start with actually my lowest... <laughs> Speed high speed driver, which is probably actually one of my more stable discs, is a uh, Legacy Icon Outlaw. Um, this one at this point, I use mainly for uh, headwinds because I know it's not going to turn over. I had one before that I used in a different capacity, but this one is really just an overstable disc that I can trust in a headwind. Um, it can get good skips for me. Uh, I probably actually throw this one less big sweeping hyzer than, than anything else. It's more just a, uh, throw it out flat. No, it's going to hook up and come back, throw it out super far. Right. No, it's going to come back. Uh, the second piece, uh, is one of three. And this disc is actually brand, brand new to my bag, but it's going to stay forever. I actually just lost a beautiful champion boss in De La and, uh, the disc golf gods uh, answered back, and I found a pretty much unthrown champion boss today at the course. No name, no number, no scuffs. Just meant to happen, uh, and it's already less stable than the second champion boss in my bag. That was actually originally Robin's that I took over to start beating in for him. It's just a meat hook. I know I can just throw... Huge hyzers with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to come back. It's never going to turn over. I can spike it into the ground, no problem. I can throw it flat and really big headwinds. 
It's still just going to hook up really fast. Yeah. Um, this was probably... I bought it a, long, a couple years ago and was probably the most overstable, unthrowable disc I could possibly find. No, it's it was ridiculous. And it's still kind of re- like... We talk about champion bosses being meat hooks out of the bag. Like, you can max power on it. It's still just going to hook up right away and come back. This is getting better, but out of the box, when I first got it from Robin... It was ridiculous. It was pretty much a, uh, I need to go 200 feet and there's nothing around. I'm just going to spike Heiser because I can and I know it'll get. I can honestly throw any any uh, uh, lower level plastic putter further than I can throw that boss. Legit. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> like, it is so, I don't know even know what happened to well, that. Well, here, here's the thing too. Uh, I, I think I said it last week and I'll say it again. I am very horrible at powering down. Like the, you know, 80% throw, the 70% throw, the 90% throw. I'm just not mechanically built for that or mentally built, I guess. I throw almost everything max power and I change the disc or the angle I throw on in order to get the distance that I want, which... Don't do. <laughs> that's not like a positive tip. That's not something that you should do. Uh, it's actually something I'm, I'm really working on hard to throw things more flat and really learn disc. And, and it's a great thing. We actually uh, we got a comment on our Instagram today about it that testing all these discs is actually being amazing for me to really like dial in throwing flat and being able to really understand what a disc does. So... My being able to throw flat is getting better, but I still love the ability to just rip a crazy hyzer. No, and I, I totally agree with you. And what you're saying is not totally wrong. Uh, it, <laughs> it's mostly wrong, but not no, totally no, wrong. No, 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 it's not. It Because you really shouldn't be making major um, speed changes in your throw. Like right. you, The point is to use the disc. Right. To do that for you. So what you're saying is not wrong. You shouldn't... Right, but it's the it's the form and being able to throw it without detriment to the yeah. flight of the disc. So you shouldn't be trying to th- slow down your throw like 45% to make a certain shot. Like right. a lot of times you can use the exact same motion and use the disc to do that. So that part of the process is right, but maybe the, the angle of your shots is more what you're talking about. Right. Not necessarily that, totally. that you're incapable of clubbing down. It's just that you're... Right. No, and I can club down it and... and We'll get into it. I don't only have high-speed drivers. It, it probably seems like it, and it's real close. I realize I have one less high-speed driver than I do mid-range and fairway drivers combined. Mm-hmm. Mid-range putter and fairway drivers combined. Uh, so the next disc in my bag is, is another brand-new disc. Uh, like I said, I lost my favorite boss at Delos, so I have a star boss that I'm just trying out. I really don't know what it does yet, but I carry it in my bag. I think I'm going to love it. I really do. Um, just just grabbing it off the shelf uh, at DJ's Mini Mart in Santa Cruz. Which has better selection than most disc golf score stores anywhere. Yep. Uh, just putting it in my hand, it just it uh, it felt right. And that's, you know, Robin talks about that. Sometimes you just put a disc in your hand, you know it's right. And you're going to make it work or it's going to mm-hmm. work. Uh, this disc I know will be great for me. Next, I have a Westside uh, World, but I have the Swedish stamp, the Mailma, which I'm sure I butchered. I'm sorry. 
I can't help you. It's a 14-speed Westside, and actually, I just told Robin today, I probably I have another one that's more stable, that's pretty fresh, that I think I'm going to move to. It's in tournament plastic. Uh, this is actually starting to turn for me when I throw it flat. It used to be my, my overstable distance driver in my bag. It's still amazing. It, it goes for days. I still trust it on big hyzers. Um, there's definitely some holes at, like, Taylor or local courses that I'm going to throw this every time. Uh, I can just throw it out there super right on angle and know it's going to spike right, right where I want it. And it's got a sweet-ass stamp. I love it. <laughs> Probably the dirtiest disc in my bag is the next one. Uh, so we, we're doing these disc reviews and we got some discs from Infinite Discs. And one of them was the PD2, which I knew just from hearing Lazat talk about it and my affinity for these overstable distance drivers was something I wanted. This thing is gross. I don't know that Robin will ever carry a PD2 in his life. Never. No. Actually, probably never. Yeah. Um, it's it's not it's not the kind of disc that I I would utilize in my game. So it's a C line PD two. I love it. I I love it in like a bad way. Like there's no reason for someone with an arm like me to love a disc like this. <laughs> and I love it. It's a twelve speed, but you need fifteen speed arm to do real things with this. It is extremely overstable. Um, when I tell you about spike highs, like this is like, if, if I roll up to a 250, 275, I know I can just reach down and crank the dirtiest spike hyzer you've ever seen. And it's going to hit right where I want. The kind of hold that you would do that if there was like a, like a 60 foot tall tree right in the center that you had to go right. around. Like that's the only way. If there's <laughs> trees on either side, like I'm not throwing it. But if I'm, if I'm wide open or there's stuff straight center, Dude, I'm going to rip this thing. I, I mean, I throw it in, in holes you shouldn't. I throw it on holes where it should just be a straight mid-range dart. Literally. I would rather stand and take half a step forward in the back of the box and drop the dirtiest spike hyzer possible. There have been holes very recently where I have thrown either a, a driving putter or a mid-range straight up the middle to park it and Joe has walked up with his PD2 and thrown a big huge hyzer that goes 200 feet to the right and 60 feet in the air and crashes back to like <laughs> I love it. Just... Like that's the coolest thing ever for me. Like it's so dirty and I I love it. I love it. I love it. I I'm probably sick but I love it. All right, so next I'm going to move to uh, Rampages. And I say Rampages because I carry three. I had a fourth in the bag, but it was just for show. Uh, <laughs> I think I have one Icon and two Pinnacle. One of them is really beat. It was my go-to driver for a while, but it's actually starting to be a little too beat. So I have another one that I'm layering in that I'm working on. I really love the Rampage. I can snap it flat or with a hyzer and flip it to flat. Good glide, predictable, once again, awesome wide rim, which is kind of like the main predictor of discs that I love. And then I actually have my Icon, which was probably the second Rampage I ever bought, because the first one uh, probably still lives in a tree at Skyline in Napa. 
My my icon rampage is beat up. So it's uh It's what I'll use for really big hyzer flip holes. If I need to go over a hill or get max distance, I'll probably pull this out. I actually had a uh, first run cannon that this is replacing that I actually lost recently. So I, I pulled this back out, but it's really, it's just for flipping and turnovers. Um, super understable. Like I said, I have the other two that are kind of big bombers, Larry men. I, I love rampages. Um, I think that's, I don't need to go into any more depth. If you, if you follow us on Instagram, you've heard us before you understand my love of, of the rampage. And the last one in my bag is I have a Champ Colossus. So we reviewed the G-Star Colossus in our very first episode. I loved it, but I knew that a week after we reviewed it, it would be too understable for me because it was already kind of flipping and, and gliding. So I just bought a brand new Champ. I don't know how it's going to fly yet. I'll be honest. I just put it in the bag. It's still kind of overstable. I mean, it's a 14-speed. It's in Champ Plastic. I think I'm really going to dig it, and at some point I'm going to hit a... a a piece in the road where I just need to uh, get rid of it because it's going to be too understable. But mm -hmm. for now, I really dig it. And, so that uh, was 10 high-speed distance drives. I know, and I know I just ten. spent so much time on this podcast talking about 10 discs. But... Joe, Joe carries 10 yeah. high-speed distance drivers. And there's still more distance drivers in his hand right there's now. There's technically one more distance driver. Technically one more distance driver. Gotcha. I don't consider it a distance driver. Yes. A nine, but it is. A so it's a 9 So I carry a Thunderbird. Uh, I've had a few Thunderbirds. I actually, I carried a Felon for a while too. And because of this podcast and all of the field work we've been doing um, and getting more consistent with my flat throws and really understanding what a disc does, I realized, and I'm sorry if I'm breaking any hearts or if I'm uh, maybe throwing out falsities in your minds, but uh, the Dynamic Disc Felon is not a Firebird replacement. It is not. It is a Thunderbird replacement. They are the same disc. I got the same flight consistently out of the Thunderbird and the Felon. So I had both in my bag and I realized I'm just carrying two of the same disc. Mainly because my Felon is really pretty. But I pulled it out so I just have one Thunderbird. I can neither confirm nor deny because I've never thrown felon. Right. Uh, the next disc I have, uh, I actually have a Vibram disc. I, I carry a Vibram track. Uh, it is an understable, like, it's a control driver, fairway yeah. driver. Fairway driver, yeah. Um, it's my, you know, it's my Heiser flip disc. It's a, my roller disc. Um, or it was, it's kind of at this point, it's kind of my backup and I'll get to my other one that I use for that stuff now, but it's my really, you know, if there's a big crosswind and you need to flip something up into it, this is what I was using, um, or to snap it through a tunnel. And like I said, rollers like this plastic, the Vibram plastic, um, it's the medium. This one is medium. Fantastic for rollers. Yeah. It just gets down and goes. This is definitely, uh, the main thing I use it for is rollers and the flips. Nice grippy plastic as totally. usual for Vibram. It's pretty. It's super pretty. I, I mean, yeah, it is. The plat like the, the I don't even know what to call it plastic. The rubber, the whatever for Vibram is some of the greatest there are. And I know Rob and I used to throw a lot of their mid ranges. They will come up. They'll get it down to where there's those big wide ranges. I, I still like their mid ranges. They're just not. Uh, they don't provide the stability right. that, that I'm looking right. for. Right. The so, Obex and the Ibex. 
you know, the OBEX being overstable just isn't once you start yeah. being able to kind of exactly. crank stuff. Exactly. Great, I mean, great product, and I know they're still working on it. I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I end up carrying more Vibram in my bag yeah. at some point. A lot of nice approach putters, too, from them, too, like the Summit. Yep. Great disc. So I carry uh, two T-Birds. I carry a Star T-Bird, and I just got a Champ T-Bird. My Star T-Bird is actually pretty beat in. But I think it's actually a little more stable than my brand new Champ T-Bird. Really? Yeah, which kind of blows me away because I think I've said the exact opposite on this podcast. Uh, your 12-time your champion Ken Climo T-Bird. My champ, yeah. Th- these are amazing. These are my go-to. And that's probably why I don't carry a lot of fairway drivers because I can pretty much get everything I want out of T-Birds. Mm-hmm. I can flip to flat for a tunnel. Um you know, if you crank a T-Bird as, you know, hard, it's going to carry any line you give it. It's going to carry an Annie. It's going to carry a Heiser. It's, it's you know, it's a two-fade, so it's not going to fade super hard. But for me, it's it's just like a, a faster uh, mid-range. Like if I have a – if I want to go straight into a hillside somewhere, that's, you know, say 280, 300, and I don't want to worry about fade, I'll just crank a T-Bird over – um, I can put it out there with a little hyzer and let it float back. Uh, super trustworthy. I don't think I've ever, with my star, full-on turned it over. Um, and I've cranked on it super hard, and I love that about it. Um, T-Bird's definitely my, my go-to fairway, um, even though it's a small rim. Yeah. I still love it. I love T-Bird's. Um, and then through actually our own reviews... I, uh, when we reviewed Eagles, I talked about really wanting to check out a Star Eagle. So, like, probably a few days after we reviewed the Eagle, I went and bought a Star Eagle, and it went automatically into my bag. Um, the difference between the, the Star Eagle and the Star T-Bird is I can rip it on a hyzer, I can flip it to flat, and it will turn a little bit, which will give me a little bit extra distance with that little right turn and come back, um... What's super predictable, and if I don't crank it super hard, um, I'll get some nice glide, not huge fade, uh, and it feels good in the hand, especially being a T-Bird thrower. And then my last is I have a super duper crazy beat eagle that uh, this is my probably going to be my main roller hyzer flip thrown into uh, crazy crosswind disc. It's crazy understable, but predictably, like I know what it's going to do, I know I can just snap it, and it'll flip up, it's going to turn right, if there's enough room and distance, I give it height, it's going to come back. Um, I've had it for a while, and it probably within the last like three weeks, started really throwing it again. It's awesome. It's super It's awesome to the point that Robin's a little jealous. As a, a long-time eagle thrower... This is a seasoned champion eagle that is would take a very long time for anyone to years, get to. Years, years, years. Uh, it is very understable for what it is, but that also makes it very useful on hyzer flip distance lines or roller lines. It's just probably not replaceable in my opinion. Very, very great disc that Joe came up on. So, All right. <laughs> so moving from my 10 drivers and my 5 fairways to my 3 mid-ranges... 
11 drivers, actually. Oh, really? Dang. Well, whatever. Thunderbird. Thunderbird, whatever. The Thunderbird is, uh, is a distance driver. Okay, so I carry a uh, Trilogy Stamp uh, recycled Claymore, which is my understable mid-range. I can crank it, it'll go right. I can put it on any line. It's going to carry it. I can snap it hard. It feels good in the hand. Uh, I dig it. You can actually listen to We Reviewed Claymores before. Check it out. I talked extensively about this. It's a mainstay. Terrific mid-range. I carry a, a Nate Doss TI Buzz. The best mid-range cause, ever. Because Robin uh, got in my head and I couldn't argue it. It's awesome. I, it's, it's, it's my go-to mid-range for sure. Uh, I can snap it out super hard. It might turn the slightest bit. It's going to come back. Usually it's just a straight arrow. Um, like I said earlier, I probably throw it on Heiser more than anyone else because... It's super predictable, and I the Heiser line is the most comfortable for me. Um, I actually probably need to buy another one because it's starting to get a little warm. It's it's awesome. It feels great. Um, I throw it on more throws than probably most. Robin gives me funny looks all the time because I'll throw it on really short up shots, but it's just because I, it's it's so predictable. I know it's going to do. Uh, I don't worry about it. You know, at that seventy five feet. 150 feet, I know I can just pop it right where I need it to be and not worry about it. And then last, I carry a uh, Metal Flake Gator. Purple. It's amazing. Actually, I... I uh, it's, there are pictures of this disc very early on on our Instagram. There are. And you know what? It's it's one that was really a specialty disc, but the more I'm throwing it, it's going to be more of a mainstay. It's not... A meat hook. It's not a firebird in, in mid-range form. Uh, it kind of feels like more like a putter. It's not as big as most mid-ranges and uh, like the width of it. It feels good. It's going to come back. It's got some good glide for a mid-range. It's perfect for hyzers, <laughs> which we've learned is like my jam. Uh, it's a fantastic disc. You can snap it up over a tree and know it's going to come back or uh, in a nice headwind. There's no worry. It's just a great utility disc to have. All right, we'll finish with putters. Sorry for taking all your time. All my putters are judges. I have a Lucid Judge, which is uh, my main driving putter if I'm driving. It's probably my main approach disc. Uh, I probably throw this disc as much as I throw the buzz, if not more. It's uh, it's super comfortable. It's not crazy overstable. I can pretty much kind of throw it like a frisbee. So coming from like a background of playing like ultimate, you know, in, in college having fun, I can kind of just snap it right at my target and know it's going to land there. Uh, but I can also put it on angles. It's just a beast and it's super pretty. It it's, is a very nice looking disc. Uh, it's it's probably one of my favorite discs. Uh, I think I, I probably just got one that was already a little seasoned somehow, or maybe it's a plastic. But the stability that I think, like, Robin, your judge, it, this isn't a stable. It's just a straight dart flyer, and I love that. And then my putting putters, I put with prime judges. Uh, cheapest judges on the planet, they're like $7, $8 a disc, so I can keep stacking them in. I know what they're going to do. They're a straight flight. I can pop it right in the basket and put some power on it, put it right in. Um, I probably could drive these. 
I probably could do a, I could probably approach with them, but I just choose not to. I want to keep them fresh and uh, my putting putters and just use the lucid one instead. Uh, and all the time I'm playing disc golf, especially with my 11 high speed drivers, the biggest improvement my game has ever, ever, ever seen was because of putters. So I know there are people out there. I was one of them who thought putters didn't matter. You know, you can throw a mid range in, you can throw a fairway in. If you're playing without a putter because you think it's cool, it's not. Get a putter, get used to it. It's going to change your game. Uh, I threw wizards. I now throw judges. I love it. That's all of my uh, way too many discs that are high speed. Thanks. <laughs> That's Josie in the bag. We had last week. We did my in the bag. Which, uh, if you want to listen to episode 19, you can catch that, catch the difference. Someday we might put a video up or some pictures. I Maybe. don't know. We'll see. I think the biggest thing you can see here is I see three putters, three mid-ranges, two fairways, and 11 high-speed drivers. Yep. That, uh... I'm not pulling any punches. That's, that's my bag. It's, yeah. uh... Well, actually, sorry. Yeah. 11. Three fairway and 11. So... But three fairway, no, there's there's five fairway. There you go. There's five fairways. That's what we meant. So Yeah. But Joe has a, a high speed focus bag, definitely. Which is a little bit different than mine was, so <laughs> just a little bit. Just a dad. <laughs> Robin has more putters in his bag than I do mid ranges. Uh, absolutely. Oh by far. By actually putter and mid range together. Let's see. You have more putters than I do fairway drivers. Depending on, on the course I play, I, I I have either six or seven putters in my bag. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm more... Listen, if, if you are anything close to us, which you probably are because you're listening to a disc golf podcast, <laughs> so you're obviously uh, at least semi-addicted, the bag is an ever-changing thing. Uh, it is. I've, I've gone all over the place. I've, I've gone heavy in other instances. Um... I'm probably due to look at my, my high-speed drivers pretty soon and kind of figure out what I really need and don't need. Uh, but in all, actual, all actuality, like there aren't really any other fairways that I see that really need to be in my bag right now. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean something won't come in. Um, I mean, I think a part of it is I probably could carry four fewer discs, but I don't like them clanking around in my bag. I think, personally, looking at your bag, it you... You have a decent amount of fairways. That's not a problem. Like carrying five or six fairways is no big deal. But what I think you're missing is that you have 11, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 speed drivers. And you're missing out on the eights and the nines. Like your Thunderbird, which is a great disc. I think that's where you're you're missing out on. That some of these Rampages and, and some of these discs could be... More like a Thunderbird or a... And, and that's know, really what it is. Or and Beast these... or, you know, other other types of discs like that. I'm, those are two Innova ones, but it could be a, a CD2 from Discmania. It, or comes, it, with, it be... comes with play and wear, and it's just I've yeah. worn in my high speed enough that I know what they do. Yeah. And, and I think that's the same thing. And actually, I've, I've carried a Thunderbird for a while, and I've just now really started to understand it and really enjoy it. And maybe it's season, I don't know. Um, but I have another one that I think I mm-hmm. probably will start carrying with this because it's a little less stable than the one I have in yeah. the bag. 
I mean, it's it's going to get there, and I think um, that's kind of one of the coolest things about being a part of this podcast is we throw a lot of stuff. We do. And, uh, but I think sometimes, I, I feel like at least two of your bosses and two of your rampages are identical. And they're more like, like kind of in case I lose it type. No, of. totally. The same thing like the, Rather, the, the track and the beat eagle are the same thing. Uh, it's really like, you know, if I lose one, I have one that can do something similar. Yeah. And I do have, I mean, I have a Colossus uh, and two bosses, a star boss and another boss that are purely in my bag to start beating in. And layering in. So yeah. they're, they're really not ones that I'm throwing consistently. Mm-hmm. And a part of it, like I just said, is uh, I probably could carry four less discs in my bag right now. Probably. But, you know, yeah. they like shuffle around in there. And when I'm like hiking, <laughs> it just feels weird. Well, you could put extra beer in. I mean, just, and, and take up the space with that. I mean, I'd probably carry enough, but you guys have more. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which. A little ice, a little <laughs> beer. Speaking of beer. Good night. As we've gone to, you'll hear Joe opening what is the Wolf Mother by Golden Road, an eleven point two percent alcohol triple IPA that comes in a twenty ounce. Oh, nineteen point. Oh, sorry, nineteen point two ounce tall can. Super cool can. Basically, just like a straight up punch in the gut in terms of, of beer, like you hide. But like a super cool punch in the gut, where it's like where it's like a guy you, like you want to be friends with, and he punches you, and he's like, "I respect you." Yeah, like Joe just opened it. I took, we're friends now. Joe just opened that beer. I took his car keys and I threw them out the window. Like that's how deadly this beer is. And we are going to pair it with the Timberwolf by Daredevil Discs. Which is a nine-speed driver that is, I'm going to say it right now, the best disc we have reviewed today. Wow. Wow. I don't, uh, wow. So, Joe, why don't you start talking about the beer? Dang. Well, I'm like, uh, wow. Wow. So, and- the beer. Okay, I'll go beer. Um, listen, I made a comment to my friends probably less than a week ago that if a beer isn't over like six percent i don't really mess with it uh that's just my style that's how i roll i'm that's probably makes me even worse of a person in your eyes this one like took it to another level uh wolf mother is um it's a party in a can i I think uh it's hard to explain it's super hoppy which i love hops are are my jam IPAs are my favorite. If you haven't noticed the theme with IPAs, I feel like 90% of our deer reviews have been IPAs. Mm-hmm. So this is a triple IPA. Maybe not 90, but I, I'd say 75. Or a good, yeah, the, a ma- lot. the vast majority. Lot. We've done too many IPAs. The, oh, sure. okay. Let me tell you about it. A lot of IPAs, but a lot of hoppy beers. I guess not have, say IPAs. Yeah, M- lots of hoppy. So it's super hoppy. It's also, and this is personal preference, and I know some people don't like this, it is super boozy. It is. Like, you drink it, and you you know you're drinking 11, too. Like, we've we've done stouts. We've done some other beers where they're, like, 8, 9, 10%, and you're like, whoa, I couldn't even tell it was 10%. Like, it just drank so smooth. Like, this, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, earmuffs, this is a kick in the dick. Like, you're like... <laughs> You're like, damn, that I'm I'm gonna get drunk. This is This is doing work. It, it, it does work off the bat. And it's not a negative. Like listen, 
<laughs> I, just, sorry, I'm Go ahead, you can go off that. Sorry, I know <laughs> I didn't have a better term, but it's true. Um, it is a triple IPA, very strong. It is kind of amber-toned. It's slightly opaque, uh, golden color to it when poured. Uh, you know, slight head. It is very, very hoppy. It is dry. Yep. It finishes very dry. It is malty. Yeah, and, I was saying it's super and, malty too. And boozy. Like you, you really do taste the alcohol on this one, um, which is not surprising by a beer that right. that is. And like this I said, one. it's not a bad thing. It's it's can so um, can will kind of change some characteristics too, but it's good. It. It's good, but listen, like, when you drink one of these, you have to, like, look at what your night entails, like, if you have things to do or you have to go somewhere, maybe don't jump on this bandwagon. Yeah, this this is, I, I'm trying to think of the best possible time to drink this beer, and I would say that this is the time kind time of time beer. Out, remember when you were in college? Um, yes. Um... Remember, like... Depends on where this is going, but yes. When you were, you know, having fun times with your friends, and you're like, you know what? We should drink some Jaeger. <laughs> right? Okay. Right? This is, like, right. in that same realm. Right. Where you're like, I can handle drinking some Jaeger with buddies. This is, like, the this is like the old man Jaeger, in my mind. I, I would... This is, like, I want to set, like, plan. Like, I need to plan. I need to have plans in place to drink this beer. I, I see what you're saying, but we could go get Jaeger at the liquor store right now, but we we're cannot too, get this. We're too old for Jaeger. We can't, yeah, that's We're right. too old for Jaeger. Speaking of which, if if you're out of college and you're drinking Jaeger, eh, maybe it's time to, to, to move on. Find you some Wolf Mother. <laughs> get you some Wolf Mother. But this, I, it does have fruity flavor to it, so kind of like, I, I taste mango or citrus, Something along those Tell lines. Tell us some citrus in there. Um, it's it is sweet, it and strong. Um, It'll get you. It will. It it's powerful, and they sent us so many of these. Like, it's amazing. We like. Been, I'm on, I'm on I'm on the fence. Even after drinking a few of them, I'm like, we should give these out to people. But a part of me is like, I want to have all of them. And we have been. We we met up with uh, our our disc winner Kyle Dunlap from the previous week who won the polar bear and we gave him one of those. We actually he's a local guy uh, nearby us so who won the the disc. Ooh, we should hit him up and make sure he's okay. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> we gave him this beer. It's a uh... Kyle text me, let me know that you survived that beer, please. Yeah. Uh, that'd be good to know. I know you have children, so it right? would be nice to know that you're still alive and providing for them. Super pretty can Super cool, like the nineteen point two is like a long skinny can. It's basically like, you know, a, a regular like twelve ounce beer with seventy five percent of beer stacked on top. It it's a very good beer. It's strong. You gotta you looking at it. You have to know what you're getting yourself into. The other thing about this beer is it's a limited release, and most likely can't get it, for the yeah. majority of our listeners, you're gonna have a, a lot of trouble finding this beer. To be honest, so. Um, if you want to come see us, you can drink it with us because we yeah, got some left. Yeah, hit us up. I mean, we, we played with Kyle. We we love playing with people. We played with uh, with Wright, who won the Gator early on. Like, mm-hmm. if if you're local or you're coming through this area, hit us up. We're Absolutely. we're down to play around. Even if you don't win, we're we're happy to meet you if you're if you're coming through Northern California. So right, anytime. So the other part of this deer review, we paired this disc 
our, our disc and beer pairing with the Timberwolf. So Wolf Mother plus Timberwolf uh, by Daredevil Discs. And, and we had a winner, actually. We did. We, we put out a contest on, on last week's episode to tell us. We gave some hints as to what we would do. And we did have a winner right away within like 20 minutes of, Thank you for of, listening. of putting this out. Literally, I'm not even sure how it happened because I posted the episode, which was an hour and 25 minutes long, and like 30 minutes later, somehow somebody got the answer. So shenanigans. I'm pretty sure Michael is is some sort of magician, but uh, <laughs> but he won a, a disc of his choice. This was um, Michael Brundis, and he won a Sierra Nevada stamped. Champion Rock 3, which was his choice. I gave him a couple choices of, of discs that I have that we were sent as promotional material. From we, I've got some great ones from Racer 5, Bear mm-hmm. Republic, um, and Sierra Nevada, and a couple others. So I gave him a choice, and he chose a beautiful, almost like iridescent orange Sierra Nevada. Right, which Rock it's on our Instagram. So I put some pictures on Instagram of it, so we did that, which was... Which was great. For sure. And So I'm going to say right now. With, congrats with, to Michael. With the Timberwolf, congrats indeed. With the Timberwolf, before you get into it, we've reviewed two Daredevil discs. We have. Discs. I had to say it twice because their name is Daredevil Discs. Anyways, they're on point. Yep. It's a new brand out of Canada. Granted, we've only thrown two of them. I, they're, Numbers are legit. I agree. Plastic is legit. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. Daredevil is. I I've been impressed by their. Hey Daredevil, their hit us so up. far. What? Um, everything they put out that I've thrown, I've which been impressed by. Two discs, the polar which is, bear, which is and two now. at this point. But I, I really like the polar bear. I could see its usefulness, um, especially as a driving or an approach putter, which we reviewed in a in a previous episode. Uh, it's beaded, which I'm not a fan of for for actual putting. But that's not a deal breaker. Right, um, right. For for approaching and driving, I have no problem with, with the bead. And, and actually, it was a terrific disc. And this... Here, the, I'm going to start because the, I know you're right, going to gush. Fine. Yeah, I'm I think that makes gush. sense. But yeah. the Timberwolf, a nine-speed... So it's a, a nine-speed driver, a glide of six, a turn of minus one, and a fade of zero. So that tells you that this is a straight-flying Listen, I, I guess... Uh, I said numbers legit. I would say it's like a 1.5 fade. Okay. Little tiny bit of fade. But that six glide, for real. Yeah. For real. Like, I, I see I see that glide numbers. I've seen glide numbers. Like, I've seen fives, and if they're not really fives. They just hook up and come back. This thing just goes. You snap it out. Um, for me, I could snap it out. On like a really slight hazard, flip up to flat, and just go. Like that that six, I think, is is the biggest number out of all of them to take away from the Timberwolf. Um, we also got in the Flex plastic, the Flex, Flex performance, performance driver. Um, it's super flexy, but uh, I, I guess the closest thing I think about is like G-Star. And it's got similar flexibility, but the plastic style... Is not the same. It's it's a little more grippy. It's not as slick as G Star mm-hmm. plastic. And the underside is like a slightly more grippy, like it's, a chalky. It's almost. not like a yeah, almost chalky. It's it's a different finish to the right. plastic. Um, 
cool stand. Like I, uh, I, I dig it. Um, you know, it was one of those that I've, I've said a lot, like the numbers were really close to true. I could start throwing it and want to throw it like from point A to point B and say, I want to throw it right there. And I pretty much could do it. And that's kind of one of my big pieces is being able to predictably throw a disc. And that was there for me. Um, for me, it would, you know, flip up, flatten, turn just a little bit. And with the plastic, I worry that I would turn it over. And the other piece, and I'll be totally honest, if you just listen to my in the bag, I throw things on hyzer a lot. Um, it's something I'm working on, but right now for me, being able to throw something out flat consistently, like straight through a tunnel, just throwing a dart, I'm working on it, but I'm not there. Uh, and that's what I feel like this disc really requires, is being able to just pinpoint accuracy, snap it out on a straight line, and it's just going to go there for you. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I'm going to turn over to Robin, someone who can actually do that. <laughs> so and I'll tell you about it. Th- this honestly is the disc that I have been most impressed with so far in this podcast. Of you know the, we did bosses, right? Of the 20, yeah. I'm more impressed. I, I wow. like this disc more so than than several of the discs that we've reviewed that are in my bag. Um, it, and it, it is going to force a disc out of my bag currently. I liked it so much. A putter? Uh, no, no, definitely <laughs> not. Um, it, the glide is real, for one. Uh, the six glide, it, you can... Right, it seems like a gimmick, but it's not. With minimal effort, this disc gets you distance. Um it, it, and it's a product of the stability, the the understability, also the glide, um, the the zero fade is I think real. Although I think Jill might be right, it it does have a, a bit of fade to I it. I mean, it comes back just because the disc it gets slow. Yeah. It, like even a putter will have a tiny bit of yeah. fade. Like that's just when a disc slows down, it's, that spin it, is gonna going bring to it, go to the left. Bring it back to the left for a right hand backhand. But, but it's minimal, like as yeah. minimal as you could ever get. With a nine-speed disc. And if you want to give it a straight line on a low line, you can get it to land straight and perfectly flat. We did it a couple of times today um, without getting any fade at all. Right, so we actually played around with this. And even in situations where I had a fairly severe crosswind from right to left as a right-handed player, I was able to throw it out in that wind and not have it just absolutely cut hard to the left. It, It... it flew out straight with great glide. It glided, I it guess. Glid? Glid? Yeah, I think glid. I don't know. No I think glided. I think glided. glided. Sure, whatever. Uh, please but, don't tell us what the actuality is because <laughs> I don't want your English lesson. By the time we, by the time you do, Joe will have Googled it. I guarantee it. But it, was, it, it got out there and was able to finish fairly straight. Honestly, really impressed. Big distance. For this kind of disc. For minimal on, effort. On, like that's the biggest lines. thing. And um, that's what I like. I said to you was. You throw your buzz. Very similar. But I feel like this is way less effort. Mm-hmm. To get the distance that you do in the same. Or similar lines that you would with yes. your buzz. It is. Uh, and I throw other discs. That I, I get these sorts of lines with. But this is a. To me. A, a natural extension of the FD, which is a staple of my bag, the Discmania FD, which is a fairway driver. 
um, that is slightly understable. It's great for S-line curves and, and straight shots and also very high glide number disc. To me, this is a very natural step up from that. I love the CD2. It feels like it. Uh, it. It reminds me somewhat of the CD2, which is a slightly faster, more slightly more stable uh, disc also. So I think at, in this case that the CD2 is probably going out of my bag in favor of the Timberwolf. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it that much. Uh, no joke. Um Congrats to Daredevil for making a great disc. Right, Daredevil. Uh, we're probably. Gonna, I'm gonna send you an email soon because y'all are doing some great stuff, and actually, we probably want to check out some more of your stuff. Yeah, I, I really was. I right. Did, so we got. I did not expect to like this disc this right. much. So last episode, we asked for um, suggestions of what we should talk about, and a suggestion we got a few times was, uh, how do the numbers rank between other brands? You know. When you talk about a brand and the numbers that they give, how close are they or how different are they? And based on the numbers that I'm used to, so far, Daredevil is right on top of it. I the, think so. The, the numbers that they have based on like my knowledge, uh, they're perfectly no, I, in line. I don't think anything that they had was a myth. Um, with this Timberwolf... You know, the 9-speed, I think, is true. The Glide 6, definitely. The minus 1, when I threw it on a hyzer, hyzer line, I got it to flip a little bit, especially in a headwind. Um, it never really truly turned over mm -hmm. for me. And that uh, we'll see how this disc transitions, and I'm totally fine with it starting to turn. Uh, I, I can still you make... Probably, you, I mean, that's, I can that's still a lot make more distance great if you have use a little... Of it. I, yeah. I think this could be a really big distance-type disc. Uh, if it starts to turn. So with that said, Robin's going to give it like the long-term test treatment. Mm -hmm. He And actually, you know, we will check back in at some point uh, once it starts to beat in because it's, it's brand new plastic um, and it's kind of flex. I'm really curious to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about before with like G-Star, out of the box, the numbers are, are kind of in line with what they should be in our minds. But G-Star also like beats in kind of quick. Yeah. With the, the plastic style. I have a feeling that this won't beat in as quick. I feel like how it throws now will be similar for a while. Like the plastic is just, I don't know. I, something about it, I feel like it's it's a little more sound. Like it's not going to beat up really yeah. fast. I will report back on that for sure. As, <laughs> with that said, goes. Robin's going to yeah. keep this disc. I Absolutely. This is, this is going directly into my bag honestly but with that said we will give away a disc this week like i we played around with this disc today and i had what two at least one ace run maybe two I think. maybe two and if not two you had another one or two that were handicap parked like yeah. drop in birdie yeah, style on. at the pin yeah uh, he did, it, it's worked out perfectly. So we, uh, we have a Sierra Nevada Wraith. Wraith. We have a Sierra Nevada champion Champ Wraith. Wraith that we're going to give away. So this is, this is your instructions for this week. Tell us your favorite beer from your area. So wherever you live, wherever you're at, like what is your go-to local beer, right? So it's going to be more randomized. It won't be like the first one to get back to us. We'll, we'll take all the names. We'll randomize it. But I will tell you, I will add 
five extra votes for you. <laughs> five extra votes. So like you can you can tell us what your favorite beer is, and then that name will go in a proverbial hat. It'll be a randomized on the internet, but that proverbial hat will have one. If you send us some of said favorite beer, I will add five more. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it one step further. If you send us beer, we're gonna send you something. Like, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> it won't necessarily be the Wraith, but we'll send you something. We got some, like, you don't understand. I think we talk about all the time, Screw but. Screw the five votes. Like, we are, we are <laughs> surrounded in Tell, discs. So, like, it's pretty ridiculous how many discs that are just, like, floating around us right now in all states of wear and look and plastic and brand. Um, I wish I could say it's in, like, a really professional, like, mounted on walls, beautiful way, but it's just, like, it's beautiful chaos of discs all yeah. around us. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, to be honest, if you send us beer, we're going to send you something. But tell us your favorite local beer. We're going to pick a winner and give away. We have a uh, champion wraith with a beautiful custom Sierra Nevada stamp on it. Check our Instagram. It's awesome. They like so we get we've gotten we've gotten discs from other uh, breweries and they're cool. Sierra Nevada went above and beyond with the yeah, stamps that they, they put really on did. these discs. To the fact that we're we're probably gonna try and get more for our own personal collections. That would be awesome. So I think it's time that we do a verdict on oh, our right. beer and our disc. And how okay, did that go? So I'm not gonna carry that disc. Like I said, I don't have the accuracy. It doesn't work for my arm or my style yet. It doesn't mean it won't. I dug it. Not for me. Robin, it's pretty obvious. It's kicking something out of your bag. Like, it's in your bag. You're probably going to buy another one probably. just to make Actually, sure you're, yeah. you're good to go. Uh, so that's in your bag. Mother Wolf, I want to finish my round. Mm-hmm. And if I crack a Mother Wolf at any point during my round, there's a very good chance I won't. It is awesome. Yeah. I love it. You all need to venture out and find it. Um if you send us some really cool beer, maybe we'll send you one of these. Who knows? Yeah, it's possible. We could but do that. it's fantastic. Um, I want to drink it all the time, but I have to be a father and husband and work a job. I, that, so I, I can't. 100% agree with that assessment. And with that said, I, I can't bring it on the course because I will I'll fall asleep at hole 14. Like Joe and I are actually stretching the limits of our life. By drinking this beer, and and we on on what is a Wednesday night? Like you're gonna oh, listen God. to this on, on a Friday. Friday it's Wednesday night. We both have to be at work in like seven hours. <laughs> uh, here's 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 the other piece, and I'll be totally honest. You've listened to us enough. We 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 drink some beer. We can put them down. We can put them down. We're uh, we're trained professionals, and this will put me down by fourteen. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm taking a nap in your truck. Oh, wait, wait. As in 14 of them or whole 14? No, whole 14. Oh, okay. If I... If, here's the thing. Because 14... I don't think I could ever drink two of these in a day, let alone a night. I think you could. I know I could. But I was trying to, we'll like... Call it, we'll call it the wolf challenge. But two in a night, no. I can I can see two of them sitting right over there. You could do it right now. Just, just open up another one and, and get to it. You are welcome to sleep on my no, couch. No, time out, time out. Do you want to do the challenge with me? We're, we're si- stop, stop, stop. Are you going to challenge with me? Hell no. Then okay. no. If if you are willing, and I'll say it for the podcast here, if you are willing to do the challenge with me, we can find a night to do it. 
We can catalog yeah. it via Instagram. We can take pictures in various states of wear and give it to our awesome fan base. I'm down. If not, I won't mess with it. Having uh, done a life insurance interview in my life and the myriad of questions they ask you. I just got one. because I, I would greatly advise against anyone recording themselves drinking or doing any sort of inebriating okay. substance. So anyways, not going to happen. Awesome beer, not coming on the course. Not coming on the course. It's just listen. I this, would take. I would take in what four or five episodes ago. I would take the giant thirty-two ounce uh, shipwrecked eight percent IPA mm-hmm. any day on the course. This over is this. the beer. You take the can. You get out two nice uh, glasses and you split it between a good friend and enjoy a terrific tasting. Or Trip three friends, and you have you split it four and, ways, and it's uh, it's it's a friend share beer for sure. It's it's delicious, but yeah, it probably gonna take some add some strokes year round for sure, for sure. Now the the Timberwolf, I've already already gushed right. on on this disc. Um, I I honestly, I'm not even joking when I say I think it's the the best disc we've reviewed so far, um, and completely unexpected. I I honestly. Thought this was going to be another understable um, distance right, well, the driver. Last, the last few have been. I, yeah. I really, I, I thought that this was just going to be another run of the mill understable distance driver. But the glide was real. The the minimal effort at which you can get big distance with this disc um, was was terrific. And the fact that it you combine that with the fact that it's not going to fade really hard on you, mm-hmm. you can with very little effort throw a very straight shot. At, at great distance with this disc, and um, I'm going to use it. It's going to be yeah. Great. I think that, and that, like I said, uh, Daredevil. I mean, granted, we're two discs into their catalog. Daredevil's killing it. Mm-hmm. Daredevil is killing it, and it's they don't have a ton. Uh, and I'll use this segue to say before I give the final verdict. You can buy them at InfiniteDisc.com. Um. So, by the time you listen to it, it is July. So, our 10% promo code will have expired. Mm-hmm. We got a new promo code. Um, and I'll be honest, it's 5%. It's not 10%. Yes. Uh, they have been an awesome sponsor. They've given us the ability to get all these discs out to you. We're still sending stuff out. And we have a few more that we're going to give out to people. Uh, they knocked it down to 5%. And I think a part of that is... That's our time. That's your time to help us help you back. So get on it. Get that 5%. Make some orders. We love this ability to get discs and give them to you. But it's really based on getting those discs from Infinite Discs. And ultimately that comes back to people using our promo code. Yep. And I don't want to I don't want to give you too much insight or, or try and beg. But, but the promo code for July is the... Disc Golf Podcast. DG Podcast. Oh, the DG Podcast. Yeah. Sorry. The more you use it, the better chance we have to get more discs, the better chance we have to get more discs to you. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you to Infinite Discs. Uh, we have a couple other discs coming up that were sent to us by them that we'll be reviewing and sending out as a result of InfiniteDiscs.com. So, make sure and check them out. Use our promo code, thedgpodcast.com. Good through the DG podcast through July through July. Um, so 
we love Infinite Disc. They've been a, a terrific partner for us. And uh, be sure to get out and use them to get And let them know, the too. Disc. They're on the social medias. Let them know where you heard about them or why you're using them. Yeah. All right. To our verdict. Sorry to segue. It's a uh, it's a stroke on the card in my mind. You're okay. gonna put you're gonna put that disc right in your bag. Yep. I'm not. Not that it's a bad disc. It's just not for me. We're not bringing this beer out because because we want to play maybe even more than one round. And we would need someone to drive us home from said round. Well, which we usually try and find anyways because we're smart about that. But I want to play a good round, and I know if I knock down. A wolf mother. Uh, one, it's kind of dry. I'll be more thirsty. I'll drink something else, too, and then I'll make it mm-hmm. even worse. But two, it's it's a party in a can, and I don't need to party three holes yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a stroke on the card. So, Robin got a birdie. The other four got nothing. Check that disc out, though. If, if you uh, have clean mechanics, and you can throw, like, a putter mid-range straight down the pipe, and you're look, and maybe you know you throw like a buzz, and you can kind of crank it out straight, and and you feel real comfortable, and you want to move up a little bit. This is your jam. I agree. I totally agree. Feels great in the hand, so it's even. It's not a super small rim either, so like it feels good in my hand with my uh, awkward. I don't even want to call it my big rim uh, preference. Too. Preference. To large rims. It, it, it feels good. I like it. It's it's a cool disc. Daredevil's mm-hmm. nailing it for sure. Yeah. So, again, congrats to uh, Michael Brundis who won our uh, giveaway related to this. We're going to be sending him a Champion Rock 3 with a beautiful Sierra Nevada stamp. And our challenge for this week, which is to tell us what your favorite beer is from your local area and we will choose a winner from those. And, and if you send us some... And send you a Sierra Nevada Stamp Champion Wraith. Right. And if, if you send us some, you can private message us, direct message us. We'll give you our uh, shipping address. And uh, we'll send you something. For sure. <laughs> yeah, if you want to... Because ship- here, here's the thing. I'll, I'll be honest. We get a lot of, like, cool... Um, <coughs> ooh, plague's coming back. We get a lot of cool uh, ideas. And people send us in deer review... Uh, do reviews they'd like to see, but a lot of times they're in regions that we just can't get that beer. Yeah, we're in Northern California. We can get a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of like different regions that only ship in small areas that we can't get, so we can't review them. So the more you can get out to us, the more we can review, yeah. and the more we'll love you and send you stuff. Yeah, and you clue us into a wonderful beer. And I'm not gonna lie, if you ship us beer, I will straight up put Joe in a crate and ship him to you. You don't want that. Like I, I will literally do this for you. Are you, are you saying you're gonna kill me? No, I'm gonna put you in a crate and ship you to them. But I feel like I would die in said crate. Uh, I mean, I'll put like a bowl of kibble. You know, like I have a wife and child, right? Well, I mean, they'll be fine. We know. You're... Are you gonna take care of my wife and child for the rest of, of your life? Of course. I, I, do you really I, want I, that I, on your plate? Plus, I put a bowl of food in do the you, crate. But do you want? Do be... you want that financial burden on your plate? You don't. <laughs> you don't. There'd be a bowl of kibble in the crate. You'd be fine. Plus. You get there, you hang out with some disc golf people, play some new courses, and then get back in the crate and come home. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But maybe we'll so, come out to your area. And send us some, some beer. We'll send you Joe. That's our new promo. 
I pass. Not it. We'll send you some cool stuff, though. That's yeah. not me. Joe, tell the people how to find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at the Disc Pod. Sorry, at the yes, Disc Pod. That's accurate. You can find us on Instagram at the Disc Golf Podcast. We're also on Facebook, so it's facebook.com slash the Disc Golf Podcast. We're on Snapchat, which we haven't used yet, and I'm kind of afraid of, so don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. You can just find us on SoundCloud, so that's where we post our, our uh, all of our podcasts. And I think it's just the Disc Golf Podcast on SoundCloud as well. We're on Stitcher, iTunes. Your favorite podcast fetching app. Right. And, and like always, tell us what you think. Because yeah. we're into it. All constructive, whatever. We'll take whatever and, and do what we can and make it the best for y'all. Yeah. And get out this weekend. Have a great round. Throw stuff at stuff. <laughs>